If you have benefited from resources produced by G3 Ministries, would you consider donating to support us? Even a few dollars helps us to continue to publish free curricula, articles, podcasts, video resources, and more. Visit g3min.org give or open the G3 app to give a one-time or monthly donation. Articles from G3 Ministries John Gill and the Seventh Trumpet Written by Chipley McQueen Thornton Revelation 11, verse 15 Then the angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. The seventh trumpet for Gill signals a new era of prophetic history that will make every postmillennialist salivate. It inaugurates the glorious Philadelphia Church era in which the world's anti-Christian nations suddenly are born again. Gill's two favorite phrases to describe this era are, number one, the spiritual reign of Christ, and number two, the latter-day glory. They're referring to the same time period. His view is predicated on certain Old Testament prophetic passages, especially in Isaiah. Isaiah's influence on Gill. Gill's eschatology emerged in large part from his understanding of the Old Testament prophets. Isaiah's prophecies were critical in synthesizing a prophetic calendar or sequence of events. For instance, Consider Isaiah's magnificent prophecy of the nations flowing to the gospel. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 2. The amillennialist spiritualizes this as fulfilled in the New Testament church. Gill, however, takes it quite literally as fulfilled in the latter-day glory or spiritual reign of Christ. He states, quote, And in the latter day, the church will be exalted. The interest of Christ will exceed all other interests. His religion will be the prevailing one. The kingdoms of this world will become his, and his dominion will be from sea to sea and from the rivers to the end of the earth. John Gill comments on Isaiah 2, verse 2. Gill gets even more specific in other places, as we shall see momentarily. However, other prophetic texts in Isaiah at least indicate anti-Christian nations and their kings will be converted. Let me cite but two examples. Thus says the Lord, the wealth of Egypt and the merchandise of Cush and the Sabians, men of stature, shall come over to you and be yours. They shall follow you. They shall come over in chains and bow down to you. They will plead with you, saying, Surely God is in you, and there is no other. 
no God besides Him. Isaiah 45, verse 14. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Isaiah 60, verse 3. Isaiah proceeds to indicate kings and nations will come to the gospel light. Isaiah 60, verses 10 through 14. Earlier, Isaiah suggested the pagan nations will bow to the gospel, Isaiah 45, verse 14, and that world leaders will kiss the beautiful feet of those proclaiming the gospel's light, Isaiah 49, verses 22 and 23. Gill sees the seventh trumpet as initiating all of this in a literal sense. We looked at Isaiah only, but he sees the other Old Testament prophets and the prophetic Psalms as confirming the same. Gill and progressive revelation. As he comes to the New Testament, Gill develops his eschatology more. He makes distinction between, number one, the personal reign of Christ, and number two, the spiritual reign of Christ. Christ's personal reign will begin once he returns, visibly and personally, to begin his 1,000-year reign on earth. His spiritual reign began, in some sense, at his first coming, but will appear, quote, with more light and clearness, close quote, during the Philadelphia church era. See his comments in On the Reign of, On the Spiritual Reign of Christ. Gill maps out the pr precise sequence of events in his systematic theology. We've mentioned this before, but he repeats it often, and so shall we. He sees several events occurring in rapid succession. Number one, the destruction of Antichrist. The Antichrist, in his view, is Rome, pagan and papal. The gospel will begin to dismantle his world system. Number two, the conversion of the Jews. Once Antichrist's deception is removed, the Jewish nation, quote, shall be born at once, suddenly, close quote. See Gill's comments in On the Spiritual Reign of Christ. Number three, the two sticks in Ezekiel 37 coming together. Namely, believing Jews and believing Gentiles coming together for two purposes. A, to place the Jews in their own land, and B, to evangelize the world. This leads to a worldwide gospel surge which converts the anti-Christian nations. Here, Gill is fascinating as he envisions it this way, quote, And now will the fullness of the Gentiles be brought in, and those vast conversions made among them prophesied of in Isaiah 60. And now will the interest in Church of Christ make the greatest figure it ever did in the world. Now kings shall come to the brightness and glory of Zion. Her gates shall stand open continually for the kings of the Gentiles to enter in. 
who will become church members and submit to all the ordinances of Christ's house. Their kings shall be nursing fathers and their queens nursing mothers. And this will be the case, not only of one or two or a few of them, but even all of them. For all kings shall fall down before Christ and all nations shall serve him. Churches shall be raised and formed everywhere, and those be filled with great personages. Now will be the time when the kingdom and dominion and greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. Isaiah 60, verses 3, 10, and 11, and Isaiah 49, verse 23, Psalm 72, verses 10 and 11, and Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. See John Gill on the spiritual reign of Christ. In this way, Revelation 11, verse 15 is fulfilled. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Reflections. I taught through Isaiah in our congregation, sharing Gill's views along the way. Two encounters stood out. The first was a faithful man struggling with the idea of a sudden worldwide conversion of the anti-Christian nations. Paul told Timothy, he exclaimed, things will get worse, not better. 2 Timothy 3 verse 1. In Gill's view, Paul was talking about the Sardis church era in that passage. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 24, on the other hand, is referring to the end of the Philadelphia church era when Christ delivers the kingdom to the Father. That is, the converted anti-Christian nations from the Philadelphia church era along with the preserved remnant from the previous eras. The second was a faithful retired pastor. He said, I listened to you explain Gill's view, and sometimes he sounds like a premillennialist, sometimes he sounds like an amillennialist, but tonight he sounded like a postmillennialist. I don't know what he is. I see his point. Gill sounds very post-mill-ish in the Philadelphia church era or the spiritual reign of Christ, or the latter-day glory, whichever you prefer. Yet, his premillennialism will come out soon enough. 